0: In the 80s, God called me to Amsterdam. That's where I met my wife, Jody, and my two sons were born, just on the edge of the red light district. And we really had a burden to reach the young people in Amsterdam who had a negative idea about God, which was pretty much everyone in the city. And so out of this burden, Jody and I, and a a small group of us would go out into the forest at night outside of Amsterdam, and we'd have these all-night prayer meetings. And we'd say, God, help us. How are we gonna reach these young people who have been so hurt by this wrong idea that they have about you. So we started a a Bible study on this old boat behind the central train station. At the same time, I felt like I was supposed to start a band as a way of going to their clubs and communicating in their language who Jesus really is. And that's how the whole ministry started. So there's the need to raise up the next
1: generation of radical, dynamic, creative missionaries who are boldly going and communicating the truth of Jesus outside the church. And and so um, it was at that point that we started the Steiger Mission School and started to raise up new people and develop the structure to support this true worldwide mission organization, which is all focused on reaching what we call the global youth culture. And these are young people all over the world from the Middle East, Europe, South America, and here right in the U.S., who are influenced by this worldview that that tells them that there is no God, that they are in control, that they get to decide what's right and wrong, and they're far away from God. The reality is the vast majority of young people, especially today, have more of an apathetic or cynical or even anti-Christian perspective. And so the way in which you engage them, the assumptions that they have about the world and about life is so different. And so so we need to reflect that when we're engaging them. So Steiger, our whole purpose is to reach those people by going where they are, understanding how they see the world and communicating the message of Jesus, the message of the cross in a language that they can understand and also equipping the local church to do the same.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Am I on again? <laughs> Am I on? Okay. You should probably wait till you hear me speak before you stand up. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to preach three times, so I'm going to, you know what I mean? I don't want to just go through the motions here. I really want God's presence. So, so Lord, help me, thank you for the privilege it is to be here. Amen. So, um, I have a few books here. Uh, if you don't have any money, you can steal them. Uh, so, but seriously, if you don't have any money and you like a book, just take one. But if you do take one, you should read it, or you could throw it at a neighbor or whatever you want. Um, this one is, explains how the ministry started, talks about when we were, my band was playing in Siberia and people were spitting all over me, and uh, what you do in. When people spit on you, what you do is you try to sing with your mouth closed. <laughs> and it talks about, just if you're, if you're intrigued about what I'm talking about, this could be a good book for you to get. And then this, this, the other one I have here is called Revolutionary, Ten Principles That Will Empower Christian Artists to Change the World. But it's not just for artists. It's for people who want to be radical followers of Jesus. Yeah, right. And so like one of the things we say to musicians is, Think what would happen in your music if for every hour you, you spent practicing the guitar, you spent another hour seeking God. Yeah. Wow. And, and we talk about all the kinds of things that are necessary to, be, to see the Holy Spirit fall on your, on your art. And uh, we have lots going on. We have a work in Taranga. Uh, if you want to know about that, reaching backpackers. If you go to the table in the back, you can find out about that. We have a school in Germany that's 10 weeks long at our last school. We had people from more than 20 countries at our school. Most of them are in their mid-20s, and it's about... But, you know, we have, we have younger and older, but most people are in their, like, their mid-20s. And the whole thing is, how do you bring Jesus to this secular uh, global youth culture, which is very much alive here in New Zealand? Very much alive here, where they are... Wa- you know, everywhere in the world, people are watching the same music, uh, listening to the same music, watching the same movies... Uh, playing the same video games and being destroyed by the same lies right. and so we we have a heart to reach them so if you want to know more about that i encourage you to pick up something there we have a podcast all kinds of stuff maybe some of you can go die with us somewhere um, so what i want to talk about was uh, about four months ago i was in turkey and we've been one of the things that we use as music and art to reach people for jesus and so i started a band called no longer music it's, a, it's an actual theatrical production. It's not just music, but we demonstrate on stage uh, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. It, it's all choreographed. It, we use a lot of special effects and crazy stuff to do that. But uh, it's because Paul said that when he preached Christ and Him crucified, people were not convinced by human wisdom but by God's power. And so for us, it's bringing the cross outside of the church. So we're in Turkey, right? And um, they said... Our tour was canceled because it's a state of emergency. It's against the law to do anything on the street, any public thing in Turkey because of a recent coup attempt uh, that happened last summer and because of terrorist stuff. But we thought, we're going anyway, (laughs) which is crazy. So we drive to this Turkish uh, town. There's no church, hardcore Muslim town. We go to this this square. and We start unloading our equipment with no permission right next to a police station. And the police come up to us and they go, what are you doing? Well, we're an international band and we're here to do this concert, you know, in this, in this big square. And they go, oh really, can we have our picture taken with you? <laughs> so I've got my picture taken with the police and we set everything up. And like I said, in our concert, we show in a very clear depiction of who Jesus is. And then, which is against the rules in Turkey, you're not supposed to be able to do that. And then, to make it even worse, I started to preach. And I said, Jesus is not just another prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not a guru. He's the only one who came back to life. And because Jesus came back to life, the chains can be broken in our life. And it's possible we can know God. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm not dying, I don't think. Um... We can know God. And so, again, you're not supposed to be able to do that in Turkey. And then I said, if you want to know Jesus, raise your hand. Public response in a Muslim town in Turkey? Almost everyone raised their hand, including one of the policemen. And so then he came up to me afterwards, and he said, can I have these five DVDs to give to my other policemen friends so they can know about Jesus? So we're praying with all these people. And then an undercover policeman came. And he started shouting at us, saying, you don't have permission. You have to get out of here. So we're quickly trying to pack our stuff up. And then another guy got in the crowd. He said, this is a Muslim country. And he tried to get the crowd to attack us. Uh, But they wouldn't do it because they liked us. (laughs) And so then we're we're driving, and I get a call. I'm in my van. And they go, you need to get out of here. And I said, why? And And they said, because the police are looking for you. So we're driving in all these little back alleys, you know, in this little village, you know, in Turkey, until we could get on the main motorway back into Istanbul. Yes. This is how God wants you to lead your life. This is how God wants you to lead your life. Jesus said in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. And then Jesus said in Luke 9:58 that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. So Jesus is saying he didn't even have a place to sleep. You know, that's how much this kingdom, his kingdom is not of this world. He didn't even have a place to lay his head. And then Jesus tells us that when we give our lives to him, that we no longer belong to the world either. That we are foreigners. That we are only visiting this planet. In John 15, 19, Jesus said... The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world. You see, every follower of Jesus is called to come out of the world. And the reason we are called to come out of the world is because we are a part of something so huge, so amazing, so eternal, that nothing in this world has anything even worth considering. it's, It's stupid when I'm a part of something so huge, so eternal. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And then further down, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, if I'm a citizen, right? If I'm a citizen of this earth, then it makes sense, doesn't it, that I invest here, right? I mean, it makes sense. If I'm a citizen, then I should try to get into earthly stuff, materialism. It makes sense, because this is all that there is. You know, and, and you know, the fact of the matter is, this is really stupid, because nothing that I invest he, in here is lasting and fulfilling. Yes. I mean, one of the things that I love doing is going out to, a, you know, for a, to a nice cafe with my wife, Jody. You know, I love that. I love, there's so many beautiful cafes here in New Zealand, and I love going out to a nice cafe with her, and I love going out to eat and all that kind of stuff. But the reason I love it is because I don't live for it. Yeah. You know, if, if you're living for just going to nice restaurants, and I have friends that do, it gets pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so then what you gotta do is you have to go on holiday. I mean, I always think that always cracks me up. People who live in New Zealand who go on a holiday. <laughs> it's like you're in this beautiful place and you have to go somewhere else. So you go to on go You go on holiday to a beach that's not as nice as the beaches you have here. (laughs) But isn't it true that every beach starts to look like another beach? So then what you got it, this is the answer. I have to build that cool house. You know, and if I can be in that, you know, if I can have that view, and if I can build that perfect house, then I will find true happiness. So then you build that perfect house. You sacrifice everything for it. You sacrifice your kids for it, your wife for it, and you have this beautiful house. It gets pretty boring, so you have to go on another holiday. And the reason for that is because it all looks and tastes the same after a while. It's not meaningful. And I know this is true. I know this is true. When you're dying, you're laying in the hospital dying, you're not going to be thinking, wasn't it great? all those holidays I went on. You know, know, I I can remember that time I was laying by the pool and I had that big drink with the umbrella in it. There's a reason why the world has to numb itself. You know, on alcohol and drugs and party pills, there's a reason why the world has to numb itself. It is because nothing that this world offers us is satisfying. It just causes more emptiness, more loneliness. But here's the thing: when I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm part of something. Im-, I'm I'm immortal. I'm immortal. Jesus said in John three sixteen, "For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him will not die but have everlasting life." Now I was talking about that earlier uh, here today. I. I was not into dying, you know, I, I, but the idea of eternal life didn't excite me that much. And I think the reason is because the way it was explained to me in the church, you know, like I'd be in church and, and we'd be having a worship time and sometime the, sometimes the worship was good, you know, sometimes it was not good, you know, and I'd be just sitting there and then the pastor would go, well, you better get used to this because this is what you'll be doing for eternity, And so, and I'm like, so heaven is an eternal church service. (laughs) No, it sounds more like hell. (laughs) As broken as this world is, as broken as this world is, there are still things in this world that take your breath away. I mean, I, I can remember I went with my my wife and, and my sons and their wives to Las Vegas and we went to the NG, MGM Grand to a production called Ka, the Cirque du Soleil production called Ka and we're watching this magnificent production and I was watching it and I was emotional because it was so beautiful. You know and a lot of the work we do is in Europe and so we get to go to these ancient old cities in Europe like Krakow in Poland or I mean, there's so many of Prague. I mean, you go into these old cities with these beautiful cobblestone streets, these ancient churches and cafes, and it's, it's so beautiful. Or if Switzerland. You know, if you go into the, it doesn't matter how you feel, how depressed you are, if you go into the Swiss Alps, you're happy. It's true. You go into the Jungfrau, and you're walking around there, and it's just like magnificent. And then you have the beauty that exists here in New Zealand. I mean, sometimes I'm with, with my wife Jody, and I'm just like, I can't take it in. The beauty here is so incredible. The natural beauty of this country is like nowhere else on the planet. And then there's the, there's a there's so you have this this natural beauty that still exists, and then you have emotional beauty. It's the you know it's the beauty it's the it's the, pain that I feel the love I have for my wife and for my sons and now my wives and my, their wives and their grandkids, the love I have for them is painful. It, it's so strong. I mean, they're always in my thoughts. They're always, and I'm praying for them constantly. My, 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 the, the love I have for them is so intense. And then the love that he's given me for my worldwide family, you know, it's amazing. And then when I get glimpses of God's love, you know, and you can hear God loves you. God loves you, right? But when you get a glimpse of it, you know what I what I mean. It's like when you when you get a revelation of it. It's like it's too hard to take. Yeah. You know, if we saw if we saw God's love and His fullness here, we wouldn't be able to take it. And when I've had had these kinds of re- revelations, it's blown my, blown me away. And it's as amazing as this is, Paul says that this is only a shadow. It's only a speck of dust, a bad reflection of what is to come. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me Completely. So, all of this beauty that still exists is nothing compared to what is in store for me. And then, on top of that, God's going to give me a good body. It's true. God is going to give me a good body. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, for we know that this earthly tent we live in is when it is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. And an eternal body made for us by God himself. Yeah. Not by human hands. Think about that. Think about it. God himself is making a body for me. Yeah. The one who made the Swiss Alps. The one who made the beauty that is in, this, in New Zealand. The God himself is preparing a body for me. And then, if that wasn't enough... Jesus is building a house for me. And it's not going to be a cheap house either. <laughs> John 14, 2. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And, I'll go and, pre- and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back for you so that you can be in my presence. You see, I am not a citizen of this earth. I'm a foreigner. Because in my home, there is no senseless violence. There's no disease. There's no cancer. There's no broken hearts. There's no loneliness. There's no suffering and war. My home is where the greatest ultimate life force sent His Son Jesus to rescue me. So, if this is all true, why do I sell my soul for things that eventually will be rotten and filled with rats? You know, one of the guys that work with us—he's from Switzerland. His name's Lucas. And so he's this Swiss guy, lives in this amazing, beautiful part of Switzerland, and he was making a decision about his life. Should I be a youth pastor in Switzerland, or should I move with my family, two two young babies and my wife, to Beirut, Lebanon, to a dangerous neighborhood there, or should I be in in Switzerland and be a youth pastor? And as he was considering this, he thought, "I'm I'm not from Switzerland. I'm not. This isn't my home. I'm a foreigner. I'm only a visitor here. So send me to Beirut, God. So he went to Beirut with his young family. You know, and he'd be calling me up and he'd be fighting so hard to try to get things started there and trying to reach this really difficult demographic that we're called to and He'd say, he would be getting up at like 6 in the morning to pray, and he's going, David, I feel like I need to get up at 4. And I'm going, but Lucas, you maybe you should just do it for a for a, time, you know, a short time because you're going to be too tired. You, you no, know, he's going, i got to get up at 4. So he started getting up at 4 in the morning, crying out to Jesus. Jesus, help me. And now he's having huge influence in, in Beirut. He's being invited to, to lecture, to speak at the, one of the most prestigious universities in Beirut, he, we're, I mean unbelievable things are happening he's having an impact in this scene but I can tell you this I don't know how long Lukas is going to live on this planet but I know that when he's on his deathbed he's not going to go God I wish I would have been a youth pastor in Switzerland I don't understand when you're not a when you're a when you're a citizen okay you invest here you do everything to make yourself you know, to make the most of it. But when you're a foreigner, why do you play it safe? I don't understand people who are young Christians, young men who want to have an easy life. I say when you're young, go sleep in your car and go to the difficult places for Jesus. What are you doing? I don't understand this. When you're young and you have the the energy and the, the physical stamina, Don't take the easy road. Take the hard road. Lord, send me. Send me somewhere. I'll sleep in my car. I'll sleep in a drain pipe if you want. Honestly. Now, later on, you know, maybe God says, I want you to have a wife and and a family. Okay, so I want to be a good husband. I want to look after. I want to be a response. I want to take care of my kids. I want them to to have stability and all of that. So yeah, maybe you need to have a some kind of house for your kids. You know, because you want to look after them. But I want to tell you this. The reason that both of my sons are passionate followers of Jesus today is because they knew in our home our life was about mission. Yeah, that's right. And then, this is the part that I don't get at all. This is the weirdest part to me. So your kids... Grow up, they go off to, you know, to their, young, their adults. Why is it that old people get more conservative? It makes no sense. When you're old, you should sign up for the most dangerous duty. When you're old, you should go to Iraq and Liberia. Your time is almost up anyway. What is it with these doctors that retire? Well, how can you retire if you're a Christian and a doctor? Go to go to some needy part of the world, join Doctors Without Borders and give your life for the gospel. (laughs) What is these business people that retire when there are people who are willing to go and they don't have the resources and you retire? You think, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get a little caravan and I'll drive around (laughs) in it and then I'll go golfing. You know, wow, isn't that cool? So you're out on your little golf course and you're golfing. All of a sudden you're like, start convulsing. And then you fall over dead on the golf course. Wow, isn't that something to be proud of? (laughs) Don't die in the golf course, die in the battle. Now, I know physical health is a gift. You know, I try to eat healthy when I can and all of that, but I know it's a gift. There's not, I cannot, you know, any, any health is a gift. I know that's true. So let's say you don't have the, the physical strength to send, the, you know, to go to Iraq. Well, then you, you can make money to send the old people to Iraq. <laughs> well, you're going, what well, I don't have any money, and I don't have that, I mean, I don't have the physical strength. That doesn't matter. Then you put a map of the world on your wall and you start crying out to God for him to move. And you say, God, I, Lord, I, wanna, I don't believe in my church there will be divorces. I don't believe in my church that our children are not going to follow you passionately. I don't believe that New Zealand can be one of these unreached countries where people are so few people, even if you have the opportunity one time to hear about Jesus, you start crying out to God. There is something for you to do. And you're not from this earth anyway. Pour yourself out, endure hardship. Don't rob yourself by giving your life to things that will be rotten and filled with rats. Every year I spend months in crowded vans traveling thousands of kilometers Sometimes with little sleep, sometimes exhausted, sometimes afraid. But I am 64 years old. and I have never felt more alive. I have never felt I have never felt so fulfilled. I have never felt so grateful, and I am so glad. That I am only a visitor. Because then I can be reckless. Not, not in a, not in a, okay. I, Holy Spirit led reckless. <laughs> why are we so flippin' cautious? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Why? Sorry I said flippin'. That wasn't good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm still a work in progress, and and this is the third time I've been preaching, so my defenses are down. (laughs) Jesus commands us to go into the world and preach the gospel. He commands us to go into the world and preach the gospel. Why is that now some unusual thing that people in the church do? It's because they see themselves as citizens. That's why. And we need to repent and say, God, forgive us. When the world burns... We think it's nice to just go to church every Sunday and just do our little church stuff. We think that's okay. How can we do this? And when you come from a rich country like New Zealand, you don't need a revelation to go. You need a revelation to stay. My son Aaron said to me, yeah, but dad, some people need to have normal jobs. And it's true. And like I said earlier, I like people who have normal jobs if they support us. But if you're called to have a normal job, your calling is no less radical than mine. And you're not called to take your money so you can buy another batch by the sea somewhere, get another I don't know what. You're supposed to use that money to send the old people to Iraq. And you're supposed to be a bold witness for Jesus in the workplace, in in your university. As a follower of Jesus, I have an unshakable kingdom. Think about that. Unshakable. And that really has meaning when you live in New Zealand, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Hebrews 12, 28, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be filled with gratitude and so worship God with reverence In awe. Reverence and awe for our God is consuming fire. And for me, it's like, God, you are so amazing. Help me to use the time I have here. You know, I don't know how many days you have for me on this planet Earth. But please, Lord, let me do the best with it. You know, I want to use it. I want to just help me, Lord. Help me not to waste the time that you've given me. Give me more of your broken heart. Show me what you want me to do. Send me to the hard place. I can't do it if you don't strengthen me, if you don't give me the ability. But I want to go. I want to do it. Don't play it safe. Don't play it safe. Because you do not belong to this earth. You're a foreigner. And you're only visiting this planet. And I think some of us need to repent. Because we live like citizens. And we need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I, w- I don't want to live like a citizen anymore. I don't know what that means, but you'll show me. I know. God's. He'll. When I, whenever I prayed prayers like that, He always shows me. I say, God, I don't know what that means, but I want to see myself the way it's, the way I am. I want to understand this. Please help me to understand this, and He will give you a revelation. This is a message I've been wrestling with myself, and it's starting to change the way I think about everything. About the way I think about everything. Man, it's not, and it's not about giving everything up. It's not, how are you giving up stuff when it's going to be rotten and filled with rats? That was what Jesus was saying. Separate, it's like trading garbage for gold. You're not giving anything up. I mean, it's, when you, it's when you become alive and you were created for good works in advance, you are created to do something significant with your life. Every follower of Jesus was created for significance. So if you feel like this message was for you, you feel like the Holy Spirit is convicting you, I want you to come to the front of the church and kneel as a way of saying, Jesus, I don't want to be a citizen anymore. I want to be a foreigner. Maybe, maybe it's, I don't know, God is stirring your heart up. If it is, if you're up in the balcony, that you still need to come down here if God has spoken to you. So come to the front, let's kneel, and just say, God, we want to respond to this message. Just come. Just come. And don't don't wait. We don't have a lot of time, so just come if God has spoken to you this morning. Don't resist the Holy Spirit if He's challenging you to this morning. Don't resist Him. And I know some people think, "Well, I can do this sitting in my chair." Well, I disagree. I think if God has challenged you, you need to humble yourself and get out of your chair and come to the front with the rest of us. say there's a great harvest and there are few workers. Well, here we are, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you'd look at every man and woman here this morning look at those, especially those who are kneeling before you now. I ask that you would send us. whether it's here in Auckland, somewhere else in New Zealand, or maybe you're supposed, you know, you want to send some people to work with us somewhere. But Lord, just send us. I don't want to waste, I don't want to waste another day, Lord. And I know that you don't stir us up to frustrate us, frustrate us but you, you, won't, you will show us ways to what to do next so bless everyone who's responded to this message this morning bless this beautiful church and Lord I pray that it, all that the great things that you are doing and have done will be just a speck of dust compared to what you do in the future that you will do things beyond any because the world is on fire and needs to know about you so have your way Jesus we love you Amen. Why oh, have this video? Yeah, I'm. Re- I'm just going to show a video of a tour that we just did in Sao Paulo because it'll give you a, a, gr- a greater understanding of what the kinds of things that we're doing, and um, I would encourage you, if God has really spoke to you this morning, to take this away, you know what I mean, don't just forget about it, but take some time today, and and just say, God, would you just show me what what you want me to do with this, and tell somebody about it, because that's really important, okay, and you want to just show the video?
1: Political corruption is tearing through all of Brazil. It's been described as the world's largest political scandal, and it's led to Brazil's worst recession. 13.5 million Brazilians are unemployed, and they're fed up. They feel lied to and abused by the government, and they want justice. Young people in Brazil are turning to drugs, sex, and social media to find happiness. No Longer Music had the opportunity to play nine shows in three states, Sao Paulo, Paraná, and Rio de Janeiro. And we were able to proclaim the hope of Jesus to thousands of young Brazilians, and countless lives were changed.
0: tonight as pessoas que estão aqui hoje is worth more than all the gold all the money in the world Vale muito mais do que todo ouro e todo dinheiro no mundo You're created by a passionate God who loves you Você é criado por um Deus que te ama The most important thing that he did My sacrifice is the most important thing he fez He took all the pain Ele tirou toda a dor all the evil Toda maldade on himself nele mesmo when he died he came back to life because of that e disso, i can be free how many people here tonight want this what i'm talking about tonight you want this freedom that jesus can
1: you. can you raise your hand so i can see jesus <laughs> On weekends I would go out, I would drink, I would smoke, a palavra sobre Deus. When I came here tonight and I realized that the message was about God, but... I realize I can't escape this. I can't escape this message. I don't want to know. I don't want to think about my old life. I don't want to have that old life anymore. I'm going to dedicate myself
0: only to you.
1: Because
0: you are all that I have.